2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime.
3: LGBT. Thriller.
1: You
2: have now entered the House of Mystery. With your host, Eric Shapiro. David North Martino. John Copenhaver. And Al Warren. Heard on KCA through 106.5 FM Los Angeles. 102.3 FM Riverside. And 1050 AM Palm Springs.
0: Douglas Caddy, thank you for being here.
3: Well thank you for inviting me to be on your program.
0: I'm honored to do so Ah, it's good to have you um wow so y- you've had quite the life <laughs> It's the way to start um how let's let's first of all let's talk about um you so people know who you are um how did you get into uh the legal business and and come across some of the people like e howard hunt and and and, Lydia and stuff so it were you a practicing lawyer? Let's talk about back in the day and how you started.
3: Well, I cover this in my uh, new autobiography that just came out. It's called uh, "Being There: Eyewitness to the History," and I trace—I uh, really actually start off in New Orleans, and uh, which is relevant here—in New Orleans in, uh, in the nineteen fifties, nineteen fifty-four, fifty-five. I was uh, in high school in New Orleans, going to Alcipotia High School, and Joe McCarthy was up for being censured. And my parents suggested I go to a rally in Ottoman Park, which was nearby, and to support Joe McCarthy, they were very big fans of Joe McCarthy. Okay. I was just in high school, but I went there, and they asked me to set up a card table in the French Quarter opposite St. Louis Cathedral, and uh, which I did. And I got signatures for Joe McCarthy because the people going in and out of the cathedral were Catholic, and so was Joe McCarthy. But as a result of that, uh, the organizer of that rally, Ken Courtney, asked me to go to a meeting with Guy Bannister and Guy Bannister was the assistant um, police superintendent of New Orleans at that time. This was 1954-55, and the discussion was uh, Aaron Cohen Crime Commission. But uh, no, uh, and I worked with uh, Guy Bannister uh, on that uh, off and on, even though I was in high school. And at that time, Lee Harvey Oswald was uh, going to high school in New Orleans. He, he 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 was living on Exchange Place in New Orleans, and uh, a five-minute walk from Guy Bannister, and as you know, the Kennedy assassination. Guy Bannister was uh, the handler of Lee Harvey Oswald in 1963, when Lee Harvey Oswald was in New Orleans, and the months just preceding his going to Dallas, where he became the alleged assassin. And I was—I later became a, a legal counsel uh, to Howard Hunt and Watergate. But this was 1955 and none of us knew in 1955 we, we were within walking distance of each other. Lee Harvey, Oswald, Guy Manister, myself, that um that eight years later, um, all of us would one, one, one way or another be connected with, uh, with the Kennedy assassination. And this sort of leads into Watergate too because uh, I'll jump, I'll jump ahead and just uh, disclose here at the beginning that the, um, burglars who went into Watergate were team number one in the Kennedy assassination they were the same people involved in both crimes and as much as the Watergate was in, uh, crime was uh, break and was investigated by the Senate Watergate committee and the um, Watergate special counsel prosecutor it never came out in those years that uh, the, it was the same people involved in both crimes and and uh, I had gone to law school at New York University uh, uh, in, in in the 1960s. Uh, and I went to, when I was graduated from law school, New York University Law School, I went to work for General Foods Corporation in White Plains, New York. General Foods at that time was the world's largest food manufacturer, Post Cereals, Maxwell House Coffee, and all sorts of things you would even recognize today. And they sent me to Washington after two years, two years to be their Washington representative. But they said they wanted me to work out of the Mullen Company, which was their public relations firm. And so in 1969, I was transferred from White Plains to Washington. And six months after I started working out of the Mullen Company, I was a General Foods employee, but I was working on the Mullen Company for the first year until General Foods wanted to set up its own separate office. Uh, Howard Hunt showed up on the scene. He'd been placed there by Richard Helms, the director of the CIA. And he was allegedly entering retirement, but I don't know whether these, whether these CIA agents ever uh, retire formally. And, uh, so we started talking and it turned out that, um, that the, uh, that the, uh, godfather to several of Howard Hunt's children was William F. Buckley. And I'd written for William F. Buckley's magazine when I was in at Georgetown undergraduate and knew him well. And so we bonded. And then uh, I left General Foods em- employee about 1971, early 71 and went into the law practice. And Howard Hunt was actually my first client at ordinary legal, legal matters. But when Watergate broke on June 17th, early mornings of June 17, 1972, which is when the Watergate burglars were arrested, Howard Hunt called me from his office in the White House and said, could he come over? He had an important matter to discuss. And I said, come on over. I lived uh, about a mile from the White House in Washington and, as it turned out, about a mile from um, Watergate, the Watergate complex. And so Howard Hunt came over. This would be about uh, 3, just after 3 a.m. in the morning, and he told me what had occurred. Came as a complete shock to me, and I uh, realized the significance of it. He told me that the arrest of the five burglars at Watergate and how he and Gordon Liddy had escaped because they were actually in uh, the hotel that adjoins the Watergate office building where the Democratic National Committee had its offices and where the burglars were arrested. And so that's how I got involved in Watergate. So, so e. you're Howard
0: Hunt. Yeah, so you're saying that same team with uh, E. Howard Hunt in. And- G. Gordon Liddy. So, were they involved in the Kennedy assassination as well?
3: Well, Lee Harvey uh, Excuse me, Howard Hunt, and uh, Manson. He has a. You can listen to his confession, his deathbed confession on the internet that he gave to his son, St. John Hunt, uh, before he died, in, in which he discloses that he did. He was approached. He says he was a bench warmer, but my information is he was much warmer than a bench warmer, and the assassination, and uh, and allegedly he was the spotter for Frank Sturgis, who was one of the burglars and who was one of the shooters from the grassy knoll uh, of the assassination. And if you read Howard Hunt's autobiographies, uh, he was very anti-Kennedy, anti-JFK, because he blamed uh, the failure of the Bay of Pigs invasion in June of 1961 on... Kennedy's last—I well, won't say last minute—in the middle of the, in the middle of the invasion—is when Kennedy uh, decided to call it off. And for he had his own valid reasons for doing so, but um, the uh, the Cuban Americans never forgave him for doing that, nor did the CIA. And he, he as a result of that, uh, JFK fired Alan Dulles, the director of the CIA, because he thought that that uh, he had been only inaugurated in January. He felt that he had been trapped into a much more complicated um, military operation than he had been briefed about.
0: Now, how how, how, how can you tie um, LBJ to uh, E. Howard Hunt?
3: Well, in his deathbed confession, he lists uh, uh, about eight individuals that he says, most of whom are CIA uh, agents uh, that whom he knew intimately has been involved in the kennedy assassination but he says in his deathbed confession which again you can listen to on the internet um that lbj was uh lbj was at the top of the pyramid at that time and uh you know lbj was vice president then and he maintains that the top of the conspiracy top of the pyramid conspiracy to kill john kennedy was lbj and strange enough years later when i left Washington and moved to, uh, to Texas, i ultimately became legal counsel to billy Solestis, who was uh, one of the most famous crime figures in america uh and who was the was uh, lbj's bagman and secret business partner and lbj died uh in 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 the midst of the first watergate trial in 1971 and in 1984 um, uh Um, Billy Solestis asked me to represent him in getting immunity from the Justice Department so so that he could tell what he knew about uh, all the crimes that had been committed by LBJ. And as part of that, the Justice Department said they needed a letter of proffer indicating what he would disclose, and among those things that he disclosed was the role uh, of uh, LBJ in the assassination of John Kennedy. He claimed there were four people that made decisions on a number of people that had to be killed. It was LBJ and Cliff Carter, his administrative assistant, and Mac Wallace, who was the, uh, stone killer that LBJ kept on as an economist in the Department of Agriculture, essentially due to do the bidding for the killing, and Billy Solestis. And, uh, and so, but Billy Solestis, uh, so Billy Solestis said that that uh, he said that at the top of the pyramid in his own way that the top pyramid was LBJ, and he was the bagman for LBJ and knew LBJ intimately for 25 years. And so neither Howard Hunt or Billy Solestis had ever had contact, but both of these um, famous figures targeted LBJ as being at the top of the pyramid of the assassination that killed Kennedy.
0: Well, being that he was part of that then in the same group that did the assassination and most of that group as well you're saying was involved in Watergate so was LBJ aware of Watergate or involved with it as well with the same group of people
3: um no no he was he was not uh no he was not you know um uh Watergate uh, was an operation, um, well, I have, to, I have to indicate this. After I went to work for this law firm in Washington, and Howard Hunt was one of my clients, he asked me to write a, a letter of reference uh, for him to join the staff of the White House. He'd been invited to join the staff of the White House by Cliff Colson, one of the closest aides, because they were both uh, 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 alumni of Brown University. But he needed for the file letters of reference, and I, I was glad to do so. And, uh, as it turned out from, we know from the history of Watergate uh, that, uh, it was really John Dean who was counsel to the White House counsel who made the decision to send the burglars in on, uh, on June 17th. And, and, and Gordon Liddy actually was the, um was a team leader, but underneath him were Howard Hunt and the poor Cuban Americans and also James McCord, who was a former, um, High official, you might say, well, it was a high official in the CIA.
0: Wow. So now, so how do you, going back to Watergate, um, who were the people that were involved with Hunt and Liddy?
3: Well, you had the four Cuban-Americans. We'll start off with the top of the team was, was, uh, was Gordon Liddy. And I have to uh, uh, disclose as part of my, as I do in my book, that I was working for this law firm in Washington. And um, in April, uh, a, a partner of the law firm got a call from George Webster, the chairman of the Lawyers Committee for the reelection of the president, saying they needed a lawyer to be volunteered to work for the committee, Lawyers Committee for the reelection of the president. And I was volunteered by my partner. So I called George Webster to get my assignment, and he said, report to John Dean. White House counsel and I said "Wow, I'm starting at the top so I reported to John Dean and he gave these gave me these ordinary uh, campaign um, assignments and uh, and and then later on uh, he said I should report to Gordon Liddy who was legal counsel to the finance committee which was separate from the com- uh, from the um, committee for the re-election of the president to the finance committee for the re-election of the president and so I did legal work for Gordon Liddy Really, legal campaign research works is what it was. And, uh, so, as it turned out that, uh, Gordon Liddy and Howard Hunt, we do know from the history of Watergate, had done a number of things before, uh, on behalf of, uh, the White House covert activities before Watergate occurred and before the arrest took place and before the scandal took place. And I did not know that, but uh, they were intimately involved in all sorts of things uh but the decision to go back in on June 17th was John Dean's decision and as I say Gordon Liddy was a team leader and underneath him was Howard Hunt with the poor Cuban Americans and and then uh and then James McCord um. and uh, the 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 four uh, the Cuban Americans and James McCord were arrested inside the offices of the Democratic National Committee and Howard Hunt and Gordon Liddy were in the uh, hotel adjacent, and they escaped. Uh, the arresting officer was Carl Schauffler. He was a detective with the Washington, D.C. police, but actually he was uh, on loan to them from military intelligence from the Pentagon. And uh, through he had received inside information from a confidential informant named um, Robert Merritt, of, uh, who, over, who, who learned of the break-in through his own re- resources, uh, and so Carl Schaffler was was sitting in an automobile just a block away from Watergate, waiting for the burglary to go down so that he could go in and arrest those individuals. Of course, the burglars were not aware that uh, their plan had been blown, but it was essentially a setup by Carl Schloffer and by military intelligence to bring Nixon down using ultimately using uh, Watergate to do so. And the CIA was also heavily involved in this. The reason the military intelligence and the CIA and the NSA and other uh, law enforcement agencies wanted Nixon brought down was he had started uh, the Houston plan, which was a plan, he had started that two years previously to Watergate. And, and this fellow I mentioned, uh, Robert Merritt was the sole employee and it was to compete with the other law, compete with the FBI. With the CIA, with the NSA, and all these agencies, and to do things that they would they would not do, they would go go much further on, and and um, and all these agencies were rather upset, to say the least, that Nixon had uh, was had created the Houston Plan, and had it had it had it underway. John Dean was actually administering it from the White House, and so uh, they felt that their bureaucratic prerogatives had been. Um, trade upon, just maybe justifiably so. And so, uh, in my opinion, Nixon was uh, was set up uh, through Watergate to be brought down because of his sponsoring of the Houston plan, which competed with, these, with the CIA and the FBI and these agencies.
0: So w- with your dealings with E. Howard Hunt, and you knew him personally in that, uh, first of all, who was he just for mainly for the young listeners as well as um what did you think of him as a person
3: well howard hunt during world war ii was uh, originally uh, he started out um with the oss but his assignment was uh, with life magazine that was his cover and he covered the pacific theater he covered general macarthur um uh, uh, personally by his main client or client you might say was general macarthur that was what um life magazine was interested in and after uh and after world war after world war ii ended uh, and truman created the uh, the cia under the national security act in 1947 howard hunt left the oss and went into the cia he was one of the original employees of the cia and he became known by all the original founders of the cia and that's why um, richard helms who was the director of the cia placed him in the mullen company he was on first name basis with uh, all these individuals, and uh, he had done a number of things for the CIA as a career agent. Uh, among them, um, uh, much of the activity took place in Latin America, uh, fighting uh, uh, the inroads of uh, communism in Latin and South America. And uh, he has quite a quite a quite a history, and Nixon alludes to this in the Oval Office tapes because he says. That Underneath that scab of Howard Hunt is a uh, is a lot to be told. He didn't go any further in the overall tapes to say what could be told, but he did indicate that that uh, Howard Hunt was the keeper of many many secrets. And uh, so his whole history had really been—he was a graduate of Brown University. His whole history had really been in covert activities for our intelligence agencies. Ultimately, uh, he and. Gordon Liddy were con- well. Both, they they went to prison for what occurred in Watergate. Um, Howard Hunt's wife, Dorothy, was uh, the, the the break-in took place in June 1972, and Howard Hunt's wife, Dorothy, was killed in a plane crash in December of 1972, a month before the first Watergate trial. And I'm one of those who believe that it was not um, it was a, it was a commercial plane that went down at at the Midway Airport in in, in Chicago. In December of 1972, but I believe it was um, it, it was not a natural death. And I encourage those listening to this program to listen to an interview between Howard Hunt and Chuck Colson, his sponsor in the White House. You can listen to it on the internet. Just just uh, put in uh, Howard Hunt's conversa- telephone conversation with Chuck Colson, which took place in November of 1972, two weeks after the election. In which Howard Hunt said, uh, essentially said to Chuck Colson, everybody's gonna to go to prison and we want, we want our hush money, we want our families taken care of, and if, it, if this money, hush money and is not forthcoming, well, the whole world will know what took place. You know, he made an overt threat and you can listen to it to, to Chuck Colson, uh, to blow the whistle on what Watergate was all about. And and I think, and, and I, I believe the payoff, the, the not the payoff, but the, what happened as a result of that was Dorothy being killed the next month. And Howard Hunt did call his four children together right afterwards and said, I'm going to plead guilty at the upcoming trial in January because if I don't, I'm afraid you're going to be killed next. And so he did plead guilty in January of 1973 uh, in Watergate, and the poor cuban Cuban-Americans followed him. That just left James McCord and gordon liddy to stand trial and i did testify at that trial uh I testified as a witness for the prosecution involuntarily and as a voluntary witness for the defendant two defendants
0: so so what did you think of of, of howard hunt uh, as a person
3: well if he were here uh, talking on the phone right now you would be charmed by him because he was a wonderful conversationalist he was an from the old school his his matters and courtesy were were uh, just fabulous you might say I mean he just yeah, he couldn't be more courteous to people and and um and his conversation showed that and he was a true gentleman but beneath that was um was all the things that he had done in other words i Howard Hunt and Dorothy were my two closest friends in Washington in the in the years leading up to Watergate. But at no time at no time did he ever give me any indication that he had been involved in the assassination of john kennedy he he being a professional kept this um, kept this to his breast uh, and and kept all, many of his secrets to his breast though we did have some conversations about things um he was he, almost any conversation I had with Howard eventually came back to the bay of Prigs, Bay of Pigs invasion of Cuba which took place in June of 1961, uh, six months, five to six months after JFK was inaugurated. It had actually been set up under Eisenhower and Nixon as vice president. He inherited from them, and uh, it just went awry for a number of reasons. But uh, Howard Hunt was, a, was an extremely bright and dedicated patriot, uh, and he, um, uh, he, he, he probably did a number of things for our country that uh, probably would never be disclosed because
0: they're 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 the CIA would never disclose those so so are you po- um, like pro CIA do you believe the CIA is is out there to protect Americans protect the way of life and to do good or do you think that there's something uh, more sinister about the the operation
3: well, I think overall it, it does good and wants to do good, but there's a large rogue element in it. It's always been in. I'm talking about large, extremely large, maybe approaching forty percent, with sixty percent being good, and it's the rogue element uh, that uh, we have to worry about that is involved in all sorts of things, uh, including the Kennedy assassination, including bringing Nixon down, and uh, including uh, uh, you know the, the mass killings of. a Peasants and poor people in these Latin American countries, so that uh, so that corporations such as United Food Company and General Foods and so forth could uh, have their have their have their plantations down there to uh, reap their crops and 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 get their money from their crops in, in selling their products. And so it, it's a it's a very complicated uh, very very complicated uh, organization. I will allude, I will disclose that for the last several years I've been working with James Rothstein, a retired NYPD uh, detective, and uh, uh, he was uh, a very famous detective in the New York Police Department. And one of the things he discovered was a safe house. There were actually three safe houses operated in the 1960s, and they may be operated today for all we know, Uh, uh which... Um, we call them safe houses, but they're really houses where the CIA brought targets, people they wanted to compromise, and uh, they would um, have them engage in- Hold up.
0: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com
2: achieve today.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news...
3: And then record this and and they use it as blackmail to control these people and and one of these uh three small children were killed and uh and James Rothstein and his partner uh partner uh, uncovered this uh but and the children were were, were buried uh, uh on a farm in Connecticut. my my point being this was the um evil side of the CIA because those children did not have to be killed as part of that uh, sexual activity, but the target was apparently so important that they went and did so. So there's all sorts of things that take place in the CIA uh, that we we have very little knowledge of. Uh, the CIA was very upset, uh, in my opinion, with the um, with the fall of Batista in, in when when uh, when Castro took over uh, had the revolution in Cuba because. Um, the casinos that were run in Havana at that time was, was where the CIA laundered its drug money from around the world, and they lost that when Castro took power because Castro shut down all the uh, all the casinos and shut down the prostitution rings too. He said, "I don't want our women to be prostitutes like they have been under the CIA and under under." Uh, the previous uh cuban regime batista's regime so um the cia was definitely involved heavily involved in the kennedy assassination but once again we know we just know uh, that they do wonderful things too it's 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 such a complicated organization mm-hmm. and i do fault them that they are still withholding uh, thousands of documents on the kennedy assassination that they should disclose, but they're still withholding those, and until those who are disclosed, we'll never know what, our, what uh, information is being withheld.
0: So, so do you think the CIA, um, in the rogue part of it, the 40%, who runs that? Is there someone within that internal group that is in charge that makes these plans, or is there a group of people that do this, or does it just sort of work as an entity and go where it will?
3: Well, uh, I don't know uh, at the present time, but at the time of Watergate, uh, it was a Kennedy assassination. The Kennedy assassination, its focused on the Kennedy assassination. Right. It was Alan Dulles. Alan Dulles was the uh, director of the CIA. He was fired by, by Kennedy as a result of a debacle with the Bay of Pigs. And James Angleton uh, continued on with the CIA. But these were two... Two powerful people who were were who leaders of the rogue element, even though Alan Dulles was uh, was a director of the CIA and um, uh, uh, and and I'm of the opinion uh, I have a minority opinion on the Kennedy assassination uh, which uh, only a few people uh, believe in, one of them being uh, 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 Jim Mars, and, and the other being Linda Motenhow and myself, and we believe that there is a government above the government. A- at the time of the Kennedy assassination, uh, uh, Alan Dulles was head of it, but uh, these, uh, this is an organization that was founded at the time of the, uh, when, when, when Truman founded the CIA, he created Majestic 12, which was composed of 12 prominent academic and military people to, uh, to study the possibility that the Earth was being visited by aliens from outer space, from another dimension, or UFOs, or whatever you want to call it, and, and, uh, JFK, uh, JFK was well aware of this. He had been briefed very thoroughly about this, and he was killed uh, and Howard Hunt told me he was killed. Howard, I, had, I had dinner with Howard Hunt just before Howard Hunt went into prison in 1975 for Watergate. We, he had, we had dinner. Uh, we had, I had only seen him the, the night that of the break-in when he came to my apartment. I had only seen him at the Dorothy's funeral. And, and then I saw him at that dinner in 1971 because I had been pulled before the grand jury early on investigating Watergate. I could no longer have conversations with him. Or, uh, or I could, but they would be, have to be disclosed, perhaps. But outside of the restaurant uh, in Yenshin Palace in Washington, uh, I asked Howard Hunt why Kennedy had been assassinated, and he said, Kennedy was in the process of giving our most vital secret to the Soviets, and I was stunned by that. And I said, what was that? And he said, the alien presence. And with that, he shook my hand and walked away. And uh, Kennedy actually was engaged at that time to work uh, to build bridges with Khrushchev he wanted to um, he proposed at a speech before uh, the United Nations that uh outer space that, that landing on the moon and outer space be uh, be explored in a joint mission between the Soviet Union and the United States and he was building other bridges with the uh, with Khrushchev too and this scared this scared uh, I call it the uh, not the deep state, I call this the dark state. This scared the dark state, which is really above the deep state, and that's why they had to get rid of John Kennedy. He was about to give our most vital secret to to the Russians. And uh, also at the time when Kennedy was president, as you remember, uh, this was a time when uh, the Pentagon was giving, uh, uh, to Colonel Philip Corso, was giving... Uh, uh, materials that had been recovered from these um, UFO crashes and actually been given to us by certain elements of the of the uh, alien presence given these to corporations to back engineer many of the marvels that we enjoy today came from that and this was another thing that the deep state was scared of they were scared that Kennedy would give these same materials to this to the Soviet Union and let them back engineer it too
0: what was the reasoning behind Kennedy giving uh, Khrushchev and the uh, Russians um, the information? Um, like, like explain that in the sense that I, so I can understand. I'm just trying to figure out that why Kennedy was doing
3: that. Well, you know, Bay of Pigs was 1961. Then we had the missile, the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962, which nearly led to a uh, the first nuclear war between the Soviet Union. And, and the United States, right. but out of that came uh, uh, building the bridges, personal bridges between JFK and Khrushchev, and uh, the feeling, uh, as I understand it, the belief on, on Kennedy's part was uh, was it was time to uh, to uh, build a bridge and see if there were not things we would have in common that we could engage in common with the Soviet Union and also he felt that in order to deal with the alien presence such as it was or such as it is we needed the cooperation of the second most powerful country in the world at that time which was the soviet union and and that was that was his motivation and uh he made certain steps uh, in the months before he was killed to indicate that was what he was trying to do and and this scared the deep state, and they they had to get rid of him, rid of him, and and uh, which they did. And and with LBJ, they had a trusted vice president.
0: Now, I wanted to step back for a minute. Um, you mentioned um, Dorothy Hunt. Um, yes. And, and the plane crash. How how is it that they killed her when she was on the plane that crashed? Like, can you detail that a little bit more?
3: Well, the plane allegedly crashed through pilot order, p- pilot error at Midway Airport. But it was a commercial plane and a number of people were killed. Um, and it's always been, if you read uh, St. John Hunt's, the Howard Hunt's son's book, uh, Bond of Secrecy, uh, he makes a very strong case that it was, it was, uh, it was so important that Dorothy be killed to shut Howard Hunt up. Howard Hunt was going to be uh, going to go to trial in January, and he had threatened to blow the whistle on on uh, what Watergate was all about. And Dorothy actually was a courier for, from some of the Hush money, and so it was important to send a message to Howard Hunt uh, to, to, that he had to be quiet. He had to shut up, which he did. He immediately called his... Uh, I, I went to the funeral of Dorothy. It was the most moving experience, one of the most moving experiences in my life. Uh, I arrived at the Catholic uh, Church there uh, in Maryland, and Howard Hunt crossed the parking lot and embraced me. He was crying, uh, and he was in, he couldn't console Howard, he was crying, and then I started crying. And, and then the internment was a nearby cemetery and it was something out of a novel or a book because there was lightning and thunder all around us, we were at the top of the hill, as the casket was being lowered into the ground and uh, but none of us none of it hit us or anything like that none of the rain hit us it was just a uh, lightning and thunder all around it was something uh, uh unreal but uh, it it convinced Howard Hunt enough her death convinced Howard enough that his children were could could be uh could be targeted next and that's why he pleaded guilty
0: wow um now you mention in this for your book being there uh, you talk about uh, JFK's secret son, and um, it, who is that, or what, what's that about?
3: Well, um, I'm active on the education forum, the JFK assassination topic on the education forum, which uh, if you're interested in the JFK assassination, you can read uh, whatever's put online. Usually a dozen things each day are put online by the members. Or if you really are a scholar in uh, the Kennedy assassination, you can join the forum itself and put information on there that you have. But um, but um, out of that um, uh, out of that came came my knowledge of a, of, a, of a great deal of this information about about the alien presence and, and the, and the and the Kennedy assassination. And what was the latter part of your of your question there? Uh, about
0: the uh, JFK's secret son.
3: Oh, yeah. And out of that, uh, I was contacted by Jack Worthington. Um, his name is Jack Worthington, um, who had followed me for years on the education forum. And uh, he asked me to represent him. He presented to me uh, credible evidence that he was the secret son of JFK. He actually was from Houston, which is where I'm from at the present time. I've lived in Houston since 1979, and uh, his family lived here. He grew up here. And, uh, and so uh, when he presented me this credible evidence, uh, I said, well, I don't think I have the power to do what you want to do. We need an ally. And so I wrote a letter to uh, Vanity Fair magazine, and Vanity Fair responded immediately, uh, saying they would like to meet me and Jack Worthington. And the meeting was set up in New York City at Vanity Fair's uh, office, and uh, I, and the meeting did take place. But Jack Worthington did not go to the original meeting, and said he sent his trusted associate, who was Sharon Bush. Sharon Bush was the uh, was the uh, wife, uh, former wife of uh, Neil Bush, of, uh, one of the uh, one of the sons of George H. W. Bush, and uh, so. Um, Jack Worthington knew her personally, and he asked her to be his personal representative. And as a result of this uh, meeting at Vanity Fair, they wrote an article. They published an article about Jack Worthington, uh, uh, which you can, which anyone can read online. um, And you just put Jack Worthington and Vanity Fair magazine, and the article will come up with pictures of Jack Worthington and so forth. I met Jack Worthington for the first time in the Harvard Club in New York City. When he crossed the lobby of the Harvard Club, I chill went down my back because it felt like GFT was walking right towards me. It was such a close resemblance. Um, but ultimately, Jack, uh, Jack uh, got cold feet. Got cold feet on, uh, on going forward and giving all the information he knew to, to Vanity Fair because he felt he came to the to the belief that he would be assassinated as has so many members of the Kennedy family. Uh, you know, it was Joe, Joe Kennedy, Jr., who went down on a plane in World War II, and, and Jack Kennedy, and then um, Bobby, Bobby Kennedy, and uh, Jack, 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 and and, and uh, Jack, Jr., uh, who went down in the plane crash off Massachusetts, you know, and, and an attempt was made on Ted Kennedy. And so he felt that if he went through this whole thing, and after proved that he was uh, the legitimate, uh, and he was the son of JFK, that he would be targeted. And so he sort of withdrew from the whole. And this is sort of disclosed in the article in Vanity Fair magazine.
0: Yeah, I, I, w- I wanted to ask about yourself there. Um, wh- what do you think? What what kind of impact? did McCarthy have on you, like being part of that and and working there at the beginning when you were young? Do you think it had some sort of influence?
3: No, I was uh, reflecting the uh, beliefs of my parents who were very conservative, very Republican, and very anti-communist. Of course, everybody was anti-communist in those days. Bill McCarthy was a very popular figure. Uh, Even after his censure, he has become so controversial that uh, nobody will... Speak up on his behalf today, even even though there have been disclosures of major uh, major spies being uncovered both in the FBI and the CIA since then. Um, and uh, but uh, it, you know, it was really a passive. I mean, I I did this while I was in high school, and then I immediately thereafter uh, left to go to college. I went to the School of Foreign Service at Georgetown University, and so my whole interest or my whole life changed because I became a college student studying to be a diplomat, and so the Joe McCarthy episode was just a, uh, just a, a, actually a, a minor element in my life, but it, it did serve to get me started in, in, in what I described in my life. I went through so many events, uh, historic events, all of which I, I just walked into, none of which uh, I sought out, right. much like I, I described, I got this phone call from Howard Hunt from the White House office. Uh, in the early hours of June 17, 1972, when he said he wanted to come to talk to me about something, and it turned out to be Watergate. That's sort of how my life has always been. Uh, things just happen. And so <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm asked today what, what my future plans are, and I say I'm just a piece on a chessboard, and yeah. I just wait and see what happens. You
0: know? what, what, what's your assessment now of, of, of all of the Russia involvement of late? With the government, elections, Trump, all the different aspects, but there's been a lot of um, talk about Russia, Um, and what what's kind of your interpretation of that?
3: Well, I've actually given information both to uh, FBI Director Comey before he was fired and to Special Counsel Mueller on the uh, Russian uh, connection to our election, and I did this, uh, and you can read this online on the Education Forum. Uh, I did this because I was contacted, um, uh, by, uh, a representative that I knew from the uh, LaRouche organization in January of, uh, 19, uh, uh, I'm, I'm beginning to orient myself here, uh, <laughs> of, of, uh, <laughs> uh, of 2016, the presidential election in 2016. And he said, "Well, you, uh, this, his name was Harley Schlanger. He said, will you put me in touch with Roger Stone? And Roger Stone uh, was very close and has been very close to uh, Donald Trump. They both were uh, protégés of Roy Cohn. Roy Cohn taught them what they, what they know about politics. And so I, I agreed to do so. And then it turned out thereafter that uh, the LaRouche organization, uh, if you read that dossier that was prepared by that uh, British uh, intelligence officer, uh, it disclosed at that famous dinner in December of 19, of 2015, where, uh, where Putin was, uh, was present and General Flynn was present. That was a dinner on behalf of, uh, Russia Today, the media outlet that the Luz organization had a delegation there. And so it turned out, essentially, in my belief that, uh, that the Liuz organization was given an assignment at that dinner to, or at that meeting that went on there in Moscow to get close to, to Trump and, or to people around him. And so, I put Harley Stranger in touch with Roger Stone, and they became a team together. And I lay this out in a letter to all of this with the documents and emails and so forth to Special Counsel Mueller. And I say essentially, it's up to you. I don't have the wherewithal to investigate this, but there is a section in the law called, called misnomer of felony, and uh, and what it is is, a, is that if you are, if you have knowledge that a felony may be planned or has taken place you have an obligation to call this to the attention of a court or to a law enforcement agency. And if you don't do so, you you, you could be charged with uh, uh, being charged with a felony yourself for not disclosing this information. So I felt as an attorney, I had an obligation to disclose this to Robert to uh, Special Counsel Mueller. And we do know from the news accounts that Roger Stone is being heavily investigated by Mueller and uh, may be in deep trouble. And We'll just have to wait and see whether any of the information I gave him will will play a role in what comes down in that. I do believe it was a concerted attempt by Russia using Trump. Trump has been very close with Russia for many, many years, really going back, I think, to 1987. And uh, I think that uh, I, I don't think we had a fair election. I don't think our election was an honest election in 2016.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of people that agree with that. That's. I'm just. I'm surprised that um, uh, the U.S. has been so um, anti-Russia and and uh, Soviet, and especially the conservatives. And it seems to be as of late, they're a lot more open to to Russia, more positive talking.
3: Well, I visited Russia in 1974 at the height of the. Uh... Of the Cold War, and I came back and uh, proposed to Human Events, which was a conservative publication, that I write an article uh, because of what I saw over there. Essentially, it was just the people were so poor; the uh, poverty was so evident everywhere, and that. uh, But the military was so strong, you know. But it still was like a Potemkin village. But um, uh, when 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 communism fell, about 1991. uh, the United States uh, was stupid or the people in Washington were stupid uh and the way they handled this and this was George H W Bush I think he was president then was he not um, and instead of Billy, instead of what they did with Japan after World War 2 when General MacArthur was there they reconstructed the society and made it a democracy all we did was to go into Russia and try to steal their resources i know this from uh, from people who were asked to asked to do that, and so uh the emergence of Putin had to take place sooner or later because we were we were stealing everything right and left from from Russia after the Soviet Union collapsed, and Putin came in and uh rescued his country and in some ways i I, I can understand uh, and sympathize with what he did to salvage what he did uh in Russia and why he he and, and, and the imminency that he has towards the United States, actually towards Hillary Clinton, because when he tried to, or when he ran again uh, to be the head of the Soviet Union, uh, we, our CIA, and through Hillary and so forth, made every effort to make sure that he, could, he would fail, but he did not. And so he got even by using Trump to rig our election. And Trump was more than willing to do so. I i think trump is heavily uh compromised heavily blackmailed by by the, by russia
0: yeah he's certainly about the money uh, <laughs> and and what what he can get out of things that's that's for sure um certainly not the character of a of, of a president like kennedy or something like that
3: yeah but if if, if we'd only handled it after the communism fell in 1991 if we only handled russia differently the it would have been different, the whole world would be different, but it was these um capitalists, these capitalists in the United States who are so greedy they never can get enough money, they can never get enough power and that's what happened. We went in there to uh really to rape Russia of its uh, natural resources and it could turn out, they, they, russia could they, today could be a vital vibrant democracy, just like Japan came became after World War two but our stupid leaders. Uh, led us astray, and now we're paying the penalty for that.
0: Yeah. And and just one last thing before we go. The um, um, the book just came out in uh, May, May 25th. It's uh, on Amazon, and I imagine most, most bookstores. It's called Being There, Eyewitness to History, and it's by Douglas Caddy. Uh, do you have a website as well?
3: No, I do not, but um, I'm very active on Facebook, and if anyone would like to reach me, they can do so through Facebook.
0: Fantastic. I'm going to have uh, your book linked on our website as well, so our listeners can just uh, uh, click one click and pick it up, and uh, and it's been, it's been a real honor having you on the show. I really appreciate all, all the things that you've done and, and putting out the book and uh, and passing on the information.
3: Well, thank you so much. I'm I'm honored to have been on the show. Thank you so much.
2: Great. Thank you. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to
1: www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me?
3: Well,
2: good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media.
1: Let's get this dinner party started. You've been listening
2: to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com.
1: Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well,
2: yeah. Good night.